Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome everybody to the Librarian Influencers Podcast, and today I'm very excited to have another international school librarian with us. So Christopher Bell is here today. Could you give us a little bit of background about your library experience? Um, sure, and uh, thanks for, for hosting this. This is great. Um, so I was a librarian and a head of technology, actually, in Colorado for 10 years. Um, and before that, I was a teacher, a social studies teacher, and uh, I just have always loved libraries. And so it was one of those things where when I got a chance to kind of go back to school and study again, I thought I'm going to go that direction. Um, so I, I guess I would say one thing, because I know you share this with a lot of newer librarians. Um, I didn't go the traditional MLS route. I, I had that on my radar and assumed that was what I was going to do. And then as I went looking for programs, I found a really cool program that did um, a dual um, degree in library science and in information technology. And this was back in 2004. And I thought, you know, that's a pretty cool idea. Um, who knows what happens in the future, but with tech and library, surely I'll, I'll be able to find a job. Um, and so I would, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've kind of fallen back on either the tech side or the library side to kind of say that, oh, that was, I'm glad I did that. So um, I would encourage people to really look for the right program for you. Um, yeah. but there's great, great programs out there. So I went through that and then I got my first job immediately um, as a high school librarian in um, just outside of Denver, Colorado. And I worked there for four years and then I worked for another three years or two years in another library. And then another four years, I opened a library, had the chance to open a high school library. And um, I would I would say that was a wonderful experience and that was something that um, I, I cherish and again I fall back on but man it is not for the faint of heart. Um, it is something that is difficult at best but um, yeah it's an accomplishment. It's an accomplishment and, and good good fun so um, that was fine. And then I kind of uh, needed to change things up again and so uh, that's when I went overseas and I was hired to uh, actually hired to do something similar since I had just opened that library it's, a school was splitting off and opening another school internationally and it was a cool opportunity and a friend contacted me about this opportunity and I said well why not right <laughs> and so I uh, fired off to Doha Qatar uh, Qatar some of you say and um, I spent I only spent two years there because the second year was basically the, the full move and the opening. The first year was kind of running the existing library as it was, and then building, organizing, and then launching this, this new one. And um, boy, that was a cool endeavor. Very, it made it 10 times more difficult as far as communication and that kind of stuff. Um, but again, something that was just a very cool learning opportunity. Um, and then from there, I, I really had the bug then to travel and, and to be in these kind of international settings. And uh, so I moved from there to Thailand, where I worked at um, the International School of Bangkok. And um, it's a very high end, very well respected one in the community and that kind of thing. And um, you know, it, it mirrors more of what you're used to in the States as far as size and everything. There were about a thousand kids there um, in the high school. 
at the time. And, um, and that was a lovely experience as well. And I did six years there and now I'm in Japan at the American school. And, uh, so here I am. Wow. So which, what part of Japan are you in? Uh, so I'm just out, so we're in Tokyo, but we're actually kind of in the suburban areas of Tokyo, I would say. Um, okay. It's it's about 20 kilometers from the middle of Tokyo. Okay. My, my sister, they're a military family, and they were in Okinawa for a while, and she they just love the culture, you know, over there. Just really, really had a great time. So how did you hear about all of these kinds of international experiences? How did How did that come about? Well, um, one of the, it's kind of a sad story, I suppose. My, my wife at the time, she, uh, her mother took ill. And so she basically had to take a leave of absence. And um, we were, you know, as many teachers, we were kind of struggling to get by after a year of her being, you know, not having any pay coming in for her. And so I started looking for other opportunities. And as I was reaching out to different friends to find out what else they were doing to kind of make ends meet, um, the international community kind of raised its head, I suppose. And um, I will say that you do get paid considerably better being in, in the international kind of circuit, depending on the level of school you go to and, and all of those things, you know, and the, the intensity and that kind of stuff. Um, these schools do tend, the high, there, there's kind of three tiers of these schools. There's like the, the first tier, which is kind of what most people consider like an entry level kind of thing. And then um, top level is very competitive. And, uh, you know, these are kids that are going to go off to kind of the highest colleges in the world, that kind of thing, your Harvards and your Stanfords and that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of competition and a lot of pressure, but um, it's a, it's definitely a fun environment to work in. So, so if you wanted, if somebody was interested in becoming an international school librarian, what, what are the requirements? How do they go about doing, meeting those requirements? Yeah, so uh, the first thing is, is there's generally, uh, if you're trying to get in your first time, there's um, different kind of organizations that work to help you get placed. Um, and those organizations help you go through that process. But the big thing was, for me at least, was that I had my Colorado certification to be a librarian, and then I had the, um, you know, professional degree. They'll all ask for your professional degrees to know that. So you have to have your MLS or your equivalent in that sense. Um, and then the the certification, I, I would definitely encourage people to do because it def, it, it's kind of a feather in your cap. It's not a necessity in these schools. Um, some do, some don't. It's just one of those things that it depends on what level you want to be at. Um, and I would just say it makes you more marketable. But they uh, the, the biggest thing is that requirement of the professional degree. Okay. Well, tell, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about, about the students where you are now. So international school, but what does that mean as far as your student body? Sure, sure. So we have an amazing mix of kids, right? We have kids who are, I, I think there's between 18 and 20% of them are, are Japanese, but we teach in English. It's an American curriculum. Um, we do all the advanced placement exams and that kind of stuff. Um, the kids are largely from business and embassy um, type organizations. Um, their parents are generally pretty, you know, high, high end CEOs and that kind of thing here in Tokyo. Um, many of them work for government in different aspects. So you kind of get a really interesting group of kids. And then there's about half the kids that come from all over the rest of the world. 
Okay. And uh, that obviously adds to the really cool cultural part. You know, you get to know about or meet people who are from different places all over. And uh, that's always really cool and, and kind of interesting as well. But um, what's neat here, I would say, having been in, in Thailand, I, it was definitely, uh, um, they were much more international, I would say. What was cool, what's cool here is this is definitely a uh, very American um, yeah. version. And so um, it just, it's one of those things that really brought me back to my time in Colorado working and, and that kind of thing. And and I think the spirit of it here is definitely um, a much more American kind of thing, which is a cool thing to have, I think, when you're talking about being in Tokyo. And, yeah. and yet here we are with all these different things, you know, the sports we play, the activities the kids do and that kind of stuff. It's, it's very cool, very cool. All right. Well, let, let's go back in time and and actually you you kind of have had several first years you know there was an american first year first year in thailand first year japan choose any of those that you want to talk about but what do you remember really about a first year what is that like well so that i i would go back to my very very first year and um in that in that library, I just, the things I learned, I still remember and I still carry with me. Um, and probably the most important one was the, the woman who was my, uh, who was my library support person. You know, I had one person in there. It was a school of like 2000 and I got to know her and, and she got to know me, but I just realized the importance of that individual um, and, and how it, how big a deal it was. Because one of the things I personally struggled with right out of the gate was managing my time you okay. know shifting from a teacher schedule to where you know you know first period second period third period that kind of thing you know when lunch is all of that library is different right um lunchtime everywhere i've ever been is always one of the busiest times mm -hmm. and so um i was missing lunch i was you know not making it to meetings and that kind of stuff and she naturally as part of getting to know me fell into the role of kind of also making sure that she took care of me in that sense. <laughs> and uh, I, I will be forever indebted to uh, Bev Sullivan, who, who was the lady who just, she was just always there for me and, and making sure she was taking care of me because I needed, I, you know, I felt like I was really strong in all the skill sets I needed to have, but the, but the just personal kind of stuff I was not good at. And um, it was weird to be on your own schedule and, and kind of working around the, the, um, the school clock, if you will, in different forms. So I would say, you know, for people who are just getting started, making sure that you plan out um, how you're going to do things and when you're going to do things. Um, you know, like if you have a regular communication that goes out, putting that on a calendar, putting lunch and putting breaks on a calendar, you know, and making sure that happens as well. And then just recognizing that your day is vastly different than a teacher's day in a sense of, like I said, lunch is always one of the busy times. If there's kind of a activity period or a open periods and that kind of thing, you, you know, you want to be available in those high, high volume, high traffic times and uh, just making sure you plan that way appropriately so that you're there and, and you're, you're not caught off guard for one or you're you're not in a struggle point you don't tie yourself or paint yourself into a corner where you can't um you can't function well yeah that's a really good point do you, just out of curiosity do you keep like a paper planner or a digital planner like how do you how do you manage your time now now that you've had years of experience <laughs> now i use a i use a google calendar and i have it linked into my phone and my watch 
so yes. both send me notifications and and you know it's it's one of those things but i really do schedule in um so at my current school it's kind of interesting that i have four people actually working in the library with me or actually three people sorry working in the library with me but two of them are kind of whole school so one is a purchaser um, and an accountant and so she does there's basically four libraries there's a early learning and elementary and middle and then the high school and she does all the purchasing for them but she's housed with me and then there's a cataloger that does the same kind of thing okay. and so the one benefit we get out of having them housed with us is that we can schedule lunches and that kind of stuff so that we're always there um, over each other so yeah that's that's kind of been a cool part to kind of you know it, it's an added wrinkle but it's also a nice benefit i would say definitely well, if you if you could go back in time and send yourself some some advice like is there anything in particular you would have told your younger professional self Oh, definitely. I I saw I like that question. The uh, the big thing is to be bolder. Um, I I think what I've learned along the way is that when I started out, I was much like a teacher, and you kind of feel like you know, kind of tooting your own horn or saying all the great things that are going on or highlighting this that or that you know thing going on. I kind of kept myself and over time I've realized that marketing is a huge part of what we have to do right. and and not in a sense of marketing I think to admin for what we need to do I <laughs> this is almost my I think I'm in my 15th or 16th year of librarianship and I would say that I have not come across a, an admin yet that knows what we do but um <laughs> So I don't think to them it's a, you know one of those things. It's actually the students, the parents that are the big one. And so I would encourage my young self to make sure that you're working on kind of displays. It's a fun thing to do, and it's also one of those things that you can get known for your regular communication. Those mm -hmm. are that is gold. Then people know where to look at and when, and and can get in there and check on that stuff. I get a lot of feedback on on the kind of communication I put out now, which is like a Monday morning thing that I do, okay. um, and and I really feel like that markets what we do, but it also shows and highlights the things that are going on in there and makes it known that this is a place of activity, right? A, a, a lot happening. So I think that would be those that would be the first thing I would tell myself is just like not to be too terribly shy about what you're doing and make sure that you're consistent in in sending out information to everybody. That makes sense. And kind of what you're saying, it reminds me of an interview I had with actually a Moroccan librarian, uh, international mm -hmm. school, and she was talking. She's called the Pancake Librarian, and of course she she gets hired to flip libraries, but she also was talking about part of that is that we're flipping people's ideas about the library. So that communication yeah. that you're talking about, that's how we can help start changing, transforming, you know, those that thought process of what people right. think about us. So very good. Right, right. All right. Well, I, I chose the name librarian influencers because I really see the librarians as a really key position, you know, that on each of the campuses. And you may not necessarily realize that when you're starting out, that I mean you are in a prime spot. So what kind of influence do you see uh, librarians having? Um, well, I think the first thing is, is that, and I always like to say this, I think we get the best offices in the schools. <laughs> um, you know, we, we've usually got a pretty big space and, and it's usually a space that time and money was spent on making look good. And I think to that end, making sure that, you know, 
in these international example, they have parents who come in and who are basically shopping for school oh, yes. um, and making sure that you're on that tour list, right? Um, that they come in and they stop and they get a chance to talk with you um, so that you can kind of promote what's going on there. I think the other thing too, though, is, um, and this is really especially true here, is the library is a gathering place for a lot of different things and so we've even done stuff as like um, promotion for theater type stuff or promotion for our TED talk type stuff we've had kind of debate stuff happen in there we've had class meet you know load the class meetings and that kind of stuff yeah. um, and so just making sure that I try not to say no uh, to anybody coming in and um, I think that has created a, a kind of like this is a gathering spot a place where we can all come together um, and, and I think that's an important part of the puzzle I think the other thing that I would say is and, and this is something I've definitely learned in the last five four or five years is that making sure that you have places for all the different types of patrons you have right mm -hmm. so you know, when I was opening libraries, it was one of those things of like, okay, so what kind of furniture and those kind of things. And as it turned out, it, it really was a good study to look at like why you need soft, soft furniture and why you need hard work spots and why you need the quick kind of work spots, mm -hmm. um, stand up desks and that kind of stuff. And it, it really opened my eyes to this idea of like, we have a wide variety of people who are going to come in and use the space. Yeah. The more we can make sure that when they walk in, that they know exactly where they want to be in that space, um, makes them that much more comfortable. And I think that's that guarantees or encourages them to come back because they'll remember that experience, right? Um, they'll remember coming in and being able to put their stuff down and go right to work, or sit down for a minute and take a breath from their busy day. And um, that's an important. That's I, I, that may be one of the most important things that we do for. Our, our patrons. I mean, like I said, it's good for it to be a gathering place and a hub of, of activity, but I think it's also really important day in, day out, hour on hour, that people can come in and find the spot that they need to work. Yeah, that, that's, I love, that was a very beautiful description how you said that. Um, so <laughs> when you're thinking about where you are right now, that I'm sure that part is already established. So what kind of things, what kind of influence are you working on in your current job? So I, I will admit that I was never very good at um, doing displays and, and kind of that type of thing. It just wasn't something in my bag of tricks. And um, this past year, what we really tried to do, uh, I, I was lucky here. Um, the lady who was my support staff here, she was a English teacher and was ready to move out of the classroom and wanted something a little bit different. She loves reading. She's a, trying to be a writer and that kind of thing. And so she came in, but one of her super skills was this ability to create these amazing displays. And so kind of with her influence i've really tried this year to to do that kind of thing and it's been fun and now i see the the massive value of um, one of the coolest ones we did was um earth week last year in april uh we put up a huge display we had um books there we had pictures there we had quotes all around it and then we had this kind of easel with this rolling kind of paper that that was on there and it was for kids and adults to go by and make a commitment of what they were going to do for you know conservation and that kind of stuff 
And just the visual of that was really, again, opened my eyes to the power of a display and that kind of thing. So now we have, like we try to do a different display every month. We try to really make them interactive displays. Like we've used iPads at times, like hanging on places so that they can interact with that. We've got physical things we've brought in to maybe change the way they look and that kind of thing. And um, so kind of drawing attention to the resources we have, because I, I think most librarians would venture to say that, you know, the books on the shelves don't jump off unless you do something with them. Um, or, or draw some attention to them. And so that's really been the focus this year. And I think we're seeing the payoff. There's, you know, my numbers would show that we are seeing an increase in checkouts and we're seeing an increase in traffic um, and that kind of thing. So I think um, that that has been and probably is the focus for another bit here. Okay. Remind me of what you, what's your main thing that you wanted to talk about? Um, I think the, the biggest thing is making sure that you, you have a plan to be uh, a professional library, you know, and, and it's, it, I don't think that matters. It matters what level you're at, that you look at yourself as a service. Mm -hmm. And that's really the big thing. Um, and, and it's a big shift, I think, too, where, you know, teaching you, you are the expert on your topic or, or in what you're doing or in working with students. Um, I think we have to wear a lot more hats, but what we have to be really good at is identifying services we provide to our community. And mm -hmm. so that means making sure that when we do provide a service, it's, it, it is professional, that it is as good as we can make it, whatever it might be, um, and that we, we do market that out to the proper people, you know, um, be it a makerspace, be it like green, green and TV studio, be it book checkouts, whatever it is, just making sure that like you think all the way around that you go looking for examples of that, uh, the number of ideas that you steal away from other libraries is, is massive. You know, I, I think that's really important in what we do. And I think sometimes we downplay the importance of some of those things as librarians, because we are doing so many different things. Um, making sure that we, we let people know that it's a service oriented kind of thing and everything, every interaction is an important interaction. Um, it's funny, I was talking to somebody about, you know, my very first job is working in a fast food place and how service was so important there. I think that's something that I still carry with me, you know, yeah. that yeah. even on a bad day, you smile. <laughs> when I was a, a district library coordinator, I actually brought in Chick-fil-A one day to, to do a training, you know, on customer service, because it's something, you know, I mean, it's a mindset. You need to, we can't think that we're right all the time. You know, we're there to serve happily with a smile. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. Great yeah. idea. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. And and I do that for free. So if y'all any of y'all are listening and you're in the Chick-fil-A, ask them ask them to come do a customer service training for you. <laughs> yeah, it's their business. They know. <laughs> All right. So you, you were talking about um being professional. So when you're thinking about our our early career librarians that are listening, what are some baby steps? Probably one of the really big things is is that consistent message or consistent whatever it might be. So I have two in mind. Um, one of the things I decided to do when I got here to ASIJ is I, I wanted to make sure that I built community in the library with the faculty. 
Um, I didn't get a sense that a lot of them came to the library very often. Okay. Um, you know, school, the, the kids do for many, many different reasons, but you never really, uh, when I came and visited, I never really saw many faculty come and, and go. And so I thought that's an important piece of the puzzle that's missing. So it was a simple thing. Uh, and, a, and, and I will continue doing it now wherever I go. I think I do Thursday morning coffees. Oh, and every it week? started out, yep, oh. every week. And it's just a big urn that, you know, it's fairly cheap to do. But um, it started out kind of slow. But I would say people got to where they look forward to, forward to it. People came in. And then what happens invariably and what was awesome was people talk, stand in there and talk, talk to you about whatever it may be be yeah. it books, be it life, be it whatever. Um, and those, that opens opportunities to work with those people. Um, and, and that's, that's bread and butter. Once you can get the, get the people in there and start talking with those teachers, then you can interact with them. And then you can be, um, I, I treasure going into classes and working with students. And I think it's part of our responsibility, especially as school librarians, making sure that, um, that our, our students leave with the knowledge they need to find the right answers. That's why I love that quote of Neil Gaiman's about, you know, you can get a hundreds of thousands of answers from Google, but a librarian will get to the right one, right? Um, yeah, we yeah. need to make sure that our kids know that. And, and that's one of those things. So simple stuff like that. Um, the other really good one is just, I like to think of myself as an opportunist. And so this, um, I've never really had very good luck in high schools, and it's probably just me um, doing book clubs and that kind of stuff. But when we had this virtual thing happen, um, two days out from us going that way, um, I sent out to all the staff, like, bring the kids down, uh, bring your classes down, let's get them some books in their hands, get them something to take home with them so that they can get away from their tech when they need to. Um, and that was massive. I saw, I mean, we were overly busy and, wow. and it was really cool. And as a result of that, then we started something that's just as, as simple as a virtual reading challenge. And all it is is kids have to just fill in their name and fill in how long they read. Um, I tied that to research that I did because I do always try to show them that I'm a researcher. I enjoy that part of the, the job. And so I sent them research on how, you know, six minutes of reading physically to your body, it is the equivalent of 30 minutes of exercise that you, so you do 30 minutes of exercise, the body relaxes after that and to a, a, a certain state, so does six minutes of reading. And uh, so I sent that out to them. We have a pretty athletic or sporty group of people, um, kids, and um, man, it's blown up. And over a month, we had over 600 hours of reading, Wow. you know, calculated on there. And it's everybody from teachers to, to kids and most of it looks relative, you know, I can look at all of it and, and it was a simple Google form and, you know, you look at it and nobody's cheating or anything like that. You can see they're pretty regular amounts of times and yeah. there's big readers and there's people who are just one time only. So um, those oper seeking those opportunities and, and making those connections, man, they are, they, they are things that I think we, we can't do enough of. That's wonderful. All right, well, Christopher, you had a lot of really good practical ideas um, for our librarians to think about and simple steps that they can do. So if anybody wants to keep learning from you and uh, connect with you somehow, where are they going to find you online? How can they connect with you? So I, I post most of my stuff to Twitter, um, and I'm 
Christopher Bell on Twitter. Um, I do have a professional website. I'm the international ed tech guy. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm working on updating that now, but I have stuff on there. Um, it's definitely tilted much more towards tech on that side. Um, but uh, that's that's the other thing. I have a Facebook account and LinkedIn accounts as well that I post to, but not as much as Twitter. I would say if you're interested, do Twitter. And and I am happy to meet and talk to anybody. So you know, if you want to share my email, um, that's completely fine with me as well. Um, I I'm happy to always help out because I know I've asked for help from people over the years and and. Don't deny it. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing. I think librarians are one of the most welcoming and helpful group, you know, that, that there exists out there. So we're, we're all, yeah, we yeah. love each other. We're an awesome group. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are. <laughs> I, I just, I thank you for your time. I know, I know you had to take time out from, from your day to do this. And, you know, with our big time difference from Japan to here, you know, that's a huge time jump. But I, I wish all the very best as you're um, finishing out the COVID-19 time and, uh, we're going to be looking to y'all as you start closing schools probably a little earlier than us <laughs> to yeah. see how are you going to handle all the things like, you know, the return books and different things. So maybe you can mention that on your blog, even though it's, it's EdTech, you might have some tips that you can share out with everybody or, or tweet them out to everybody. So, we'll do. We'll do right. for sure. And I thank you for doing this. I really appreciate yeah. it. It's nice talking to you. Bye-bye. All right. Nice talking to you. Take care.